0: Waddle and Sylvie Mellor in for Sylvie this Charlie's week. Charlie's got some explaining to do at 5.30. Yeah, our man Charlie Bevin's producing behind the glass, is dug in. got to love the... Uh... What did you say you guys did in
1: the morning with, with Rogers?
0: I'm pretty sure we said we put him in, an, uh, nursing in a retirement homes. home. Really?
1: And you just... don't regret that in any way, shape, or form?
0: I mean, I thought it was funny what we were, what funny, we were doing. Yes, it. but, yeah, but I do you believe the
1: accuracy is now in question?
0: Maybe a little. Yeah, okay. You, ah, you're all of a sudden he's attracting. Uh, yeah, you. I mean, hey, when he's wearing, you know, a Jets uniform next year, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, it. he's not wearing a Jets uniform next year. Yeah, would you like odds on that, Charlie? Yeah, <laughs> we could we can house that bet for you. Is
1: this Charlie or Cap?
0: Uh-oh, or Sylvie? Or
1: Sylvie? <laughs> oh. no, Sylvie. I guess, Sylvie's enjoying himself right now in Mexico, praying to the good Lord above that the Lions find a way to beat the Green Bay Packers. Because I think the good kid is going to rough Sylvie up a little bit verbally, when he returns. Course. Yes, when
0: he returns,
1: because it'll be you next... know,
0: Johnny's heart still got some green and gold in it for sure. Oh, of course. Listen, they paid his checks for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah, no yeah, doubt what, about right. it. All right, Johnny's his allegiance is to the man writing the check. <laughs> he always has been,
1: and that's not a. I'm not. That's now, not yeah, a criticism. A lot of
0: people are right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Mellor in for Sylvie today on ESPN 1000. We've been talking a lot about the Bears and the decision. The have had a lot of good football of ideas day. today
1: leading into so. today's conversation.
0: I thought so. And so this is the news of the day, undoubtedly, the that Matt Eberflus, when he announced about Justin Fields and why he will not be the starting quarterback for the Bears on Sunday.
2: Justin Fields. All right, so Justin Fields uh, came in on Monday uh, morning. Um, with a sore hip and he you know Me which too. many times happens to <laughs> players you know they come in with a soreness that they didn't anticipate to be like that yep. and uh, so we, we sent him to get an MRI uh, on his hip and he uh, that he had a strain in his hip. Um, so uh, he's not going to be at full speed this week and the medical staff has ruled him out uh, for this week. Um, this is not a long-term injury
0: um, so just so we know that.
2: Um, Nathan Peterman will be the starting quarterback.
0: I just love listening to Matt Eberflus talk. Try and tell you that yeah. with as straight a face as possible. Had even a little Maggie in it,
1: didn't it? It did a little bit, but that, that's blasphemy. So you watch yourself in there. Bite your tongue. Yeah, I mean, I have not heard a whole lot of, of
0: word salad coming from the coach this year. Um, I felt like that was one where he didn't even completely buy. He was trying to sell it, <laughs> but he knew if he had giggled like when he was like in the process, then <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't blame him. him. I wouldn't blame uh, him.
1: I'm not accusing him of lying. They're doing the right thing. The yes, medical yes. staff is the MVP of Week 18.
0: Yes, absolutely. The Bears medical staff is the MVP of Week 18 here in Chicago. Now, were they urged on by Ryan Poles? Were they given instructions as to how it would well, be best if it, if that MRI played out in a certain way? I, don't I know. think Hebrew Flu said, was it earlier
1: in this week at the end of maybe after the game? I don't, remember, I don't recall when it happened, but. He said, "Listen, we will have organizational de- yes. conversations about it was what's Mon- the right it was thing Monday to do. It was yeah, Monday. on
0: Sunday in the post game. No, no inclination. Then on Monday, he opened the door to the idea um, here. Monday,
2: like I said, we're, we're working on that on everybody, you know, including Justin. And we're going to visit with uh, visit with Ryan, uh, the rest of the coaching staff, and the health of the football team, the entire health of the team. Um, to me, is is uh, you know where we were two weeks ago is different than where we are now. You know, so I think it's important that we evaluate that. Clarify what you were just saying. Are, are, are you saying that there are ongoing conversations about whether to sit Justin this coming week for week 18? Well, I would just say that ongoing conversations about everybody, about everybody, what we need to do, uh, what's the best interest for our football team. You know, going forward, and that, that conversation we're going to have that all the way through Wednesday, all the way through Friday, and uh, we'll we'll decide as we go. Will, will you know on Wednesday who your starting quarterback is? Um, potentially. Yeah, potentially, yeah.
0: But, yeah. He, he's, but you said yesterday, if he's healthy, he will play. Is that still the case? Yes. That, that was Monday.
1: Listen, I, I think that they followed the protocol exactly correct. And I they, give them high yeah. marks for that. That was now, Monday. Now, I would ask you, overall, the 2022 season, how do you feel about the, the, the job that was done by the head coach of the
0: Chicago the Bears? The head coach in particular. So this yes. is where we had... We had laid out, we discussed this once the we officially got word that Justin Fields... Once the season was over. Yeah. The season is over. And thus, we feel comfortable going ahead and giving out grades. We decided that that was going to be the plan of attack for the Wild. On Sylvie show today with Mellor and for well, Sylvie. Like,
1: and, and based on, like, the, I think Cap and, and Jonathan had a really good conversation today in, in terms of, you know, w- what did you see from the coach? I think that they were asking the question... About what would you would you be willing to give up draft compensation for Sean Payton? Um, I and to the answer to that question, I didn't hear all the conversation. I'm not giving up first round draft picks for Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is a fabulous coach. This team isn't isn't yes. to coach away at this point. There are so many issues that are plaguing this team on a from a roster standpoint. It's a bad. That you don't have the capacity, in my opinion, to give up the draft currency it would take to
0: ultimately bring no. Sean Payton to town. Let's be honest. It's a bad match in terms of timeline wanting to yeah, win. That's a great way Justin to say Justin Fields, it. I'm sure there's some, you know, Sean Payton would like the idea of working with, with Justin Fields. But the reality is there's so many other holes around this roster that Sean Payton knows it's not something that he could step in in a year or two you know, I think he knows there's a lot of work to be done. Well, Najee, that's from his side. From the, the well, Bears' angle, this just it would be too costly. But that's the thing. Is so, like if if Sean Payton he, we even entertained the notion, you're going to have to likely give up a first round pick. Now, there's uh, the Bears. And guess current, where that first round is? No, no, that's a non-starter. Right. That is a absolute non-starter. Yeah. That's why it's a bad match. Timeline, everything. I think Sean Payton's much more much more interested in the idea of either coaching Dallas or the Chargers. If either organization is interested in in parting ways with their current head right. coach but i think it's an interesting conversation it is. but for matt eberflus i'm not going to cop out and, and like i would want to give him an I for the old incomplete right yes. I, don't, I don't have enough I think information that that would, i think that's fair but i'm not i'm gonna i think if you're tasked with the job of grading i think you have to give a grade so i'm gonna give him a c i would do the same right like and because and it's it, the he's passed the class Right, But I I have so little to work with that I can't give him anything more than that. Okay, And maybe the bar is really low here. But again,
1: I would start with the following. If you are under the assumption, and I've heard Cap say this, that he thinks this is the worst roster in football. And maybe you share Caps, not you, but anybody out there, you may share Caps' assessment of the talent on this team. Or maybe you think it's a little bit better. Or maybe you think it's significantly better. Whatever it is. But if you feel like, and I do, I don't think that their roster, and it's what I've said all year long, I don't think their roster matches up with the majority of teams in the National Football League. It's certainly the top half mm-hmm. of those teams. I think that, and that's by choice. They've torn this thing down to the studs. If, in fact, you are willing to to make that assertion that they have, let's just say, a bottom five roster talent wise, would well, oh. you think that's fair for the yes. bottom five? Oh, I, I, easily. Then you also have to you. Then you have to look at the head coach and say. He's working with a bottom five roster in the National Football League. So how much can you really get agitated by what you've seen from him? And I would say to you, the other thing is, is then with that as kind of your baseline, how many disasters
0: have there been this year?
1: And again, I know that that's a low bar, and maybe that's the wrong I to, way to when evaluate you,
0: When you say disasters, you mean games, right? Like,
1: Yeah, but coaching type oh. of malfeasance that you look at and go, wow, that he's just in way over his head. And I don't like... There may be moments where you don't feel that, like, I think that the, this past game will stick to him a little bit. Because I, I thought that the players, ultimately, I blame yes, the players. The I don't think the players, the effort was there and is, it has been in previous times. I think he has fielded teams that have gone out there and played hard for the most part this year, despite being outmanned. Yep. Um, I would agree. I don't think there have been a lot of, of, of procedural mistakes that they've made. I don't, like, I haven't looked at a game on Sunday and said, hey, the Bears didn't do what we wanted them to do today because of the ineffectiveness of the head coach, Matt Eberflus. I'm not trying to tell you that he's, you know, Bill Belichick, but I'm not willing to get all hot and bothered and say you get the wrong guy for the job right now. I may change my mind in a year or two, Mm -hmm. but based on what what they were as an organization this year, I think, you know, a C with a... Lean towards a total
0: incomplete. I think is fair. I'll give them credit for the fact that they have only had seventy-eight penalties called against them. Right. You know when I'm at, when I'm looking at coaching and things that I okay. it probably got worse in the second half of the season than it was early. In but the they're season. still they're still the fifth least penal, penalized team in the NFL. They're tied with the Bengals, who by the way, obviously have played one less game. So. They
1: can question some
0: of their tactical decisions
1: at times, but again, remember you're playing yes. shorthanded.
0: Yes. And so yeah, no, I I again it's a C. I I you've done a passing job and there's not anything I'm very upset about. And so that in itself I think is enough where How about the general manager? I gotta get like this is where total incomplete. But I, I follow But he, this is of his own making too, right? Like he yes. chose this route, more so than Matt Eberflus, because I think Eberflus you know, Ryan Poles laid out the plan or chose the path that they went down this season and so Matt Eberflus had to work with him, right, in that regard. I think I'm more I'm closer to a C minus with Ryan Poles right now. Because I like again for all the reasons we're having the discussions about Justin Fields, he didn't draft Justin Fields. Right, he chose the demo path this year. Yes, and very little to work with. And so, I, I, I don't have much to point to and say this is really, really encouraging. Again, I'm giving him more leash because. But that's a a lot's on the table next year yeah. where he's going to be under the microscope. Yes, like and they're going to have to hit on things quickly. I haven't been impressed with 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 anything they brought in with free agency. Now, they didn't exert a lot of resources, but that was, again, your choice. And so now a lot has to happen and go right
1: next year. I, I, I agree with your C-. And, and listen, I, if you wanted to make a case for what a would lower grade, I think I'd probably do the same. I, again, when you zoom out from the macro perspective, they made the decision that I think was the right decision. The decision to tear it down to the studs, gets it, that's an A. Yes, To me, the, that move is an A. But inside that, when you when you focus in and you go micro on this thing and you look at some of the detailed things, I liked the trade of, of Robert Quinn, and I understood that. I thought there was the right trade for for, for Roquan Smith for reasons I mentioned yes. weeks ago. I think those were big-picture good decisions. When you zoom in on the Valus Jones pick so far, doesn't look like a good decision. The Chase Claypool decision looks like you way overpaid. Mm-hmm. Um Braxton Jones, I think, is a player that can be part of your future for sure. It may not be your left tackle, maybe your right tackle. Uh, some of the wide receivers you added. there wasn't a ton to work with. Were you going to give up draft currency and try to get in the AJ Brown mark and that stuff? I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, I think Brisker and Gordon have had good rookie seasons. I think there have been a couple of some, you know, there have been some moves that that you appreciate and you feel good about. But I do have concerns about their ability to evaluate offensive talent, and, yeah. and I think that you know
0: you can you can jack that grade up next year pretty easily. Yes, no, there's no doubt about it. And so the Claypool trade is a is a it was a calculated risk, and I don't think that Ryan Poles at that at that time when they made that trade really looked at it and said, "This we're going to end up being picking first or second. I don't think he probably thought it out and played it out and said this is the likely scenario, even though it has unfolded Whether that were way. Whether you drafting
1: at 36 or 32, like right.
0: Yeah, I, I think they, he might have thought that they were on the verge of, you know, potentially moving in a direction where they were going to end up maybe closer to in the middle of the second round. And so maybe he thought he was getting maybe a steal, but the reality is it hasn't worked out that way. And so now you've given up, you know, in retrospect, a very valuable asset for a guy who there's at this point there should have been more made on the field by just by Ch- by chase claypool he should have done more something should have stood out to you there's no question be, I, I agree with that from everything you've said the lack of offensive weapons they should have there should have been a game where they were force feeding chase claypool the ball well he should have stood out above his yeah his teammates in a lot of areas
1: uh, look i with full disclosure, at the time I didn't have a problem with the deal. I thought it was actually a pretty good deal. You knew that the free agency crop of wide receivers wasn't going to be a great one, um, and you were relying on his scouting of Chase Claypool coming out of Notre Dame in the draft two or three years ago. And you know, so what? I mean, like for and I would and say full this. disclosure, I haven't done a whole lot of film work on Chase Claypool as a Pittsburgh Steelers. I know his rookie year, he was very he was good and very promising. Not so much in year two, a bit of a
0: dip in the production. But The miscalculation, though, is that when you're in the midst of a season where the possibility is it could go sideways and you don't know what draft pick you're giving up, right? Like This, this is the problem with, not, with, with trading your draft pick and your assets before you know what number they actually are but if you, in the first or second or
1: even third round. But if you are evaluating the player correctly, uh-huh. okay— and you would have seen more from him. I think we all would have been more okay with what they gave up. The problem is right now, and again, it's very early, and I won't come to any long-term conclusion. You got to let him be in a system. Let him be in the off-season yes. with them. Yes. Let him work with Justin in the offseason, and see who he can be. Um, but at, at at the moment where he they made the decision to bring him in,
0: I didn't have. A
1: huge problem with
0: it. Yeah, no, and, and, and I will agree. I, I I thought, okay, this is interesting, and maybe it was also by the fact that there was nothing on the roster, and so I was maybe a little more forgiving and or open to the idea of bringing him in. But maybe you should have said, okay, the Steelers here are willing to part ways with him, and they've had some success with him, especially in his rookie year, and things have gone you know, they, they've only trended in the wrong direction. So maybe all that all those signs should have been like, well, you know, are we really adding if again? If you thought he was the guy you had film at the NFL level, that's the difference. Right. right? I would have been. whole. Again, I just thought when Not you were making that, this but deal you had for him,
1: it, but, but you scouted him as well. So, like, that's why I'm saying that this is where some of the concern comes in. Because you're basically relying on how you felt about him coming out of Notre Dame mm-hmm. and then some of what you saw with him at Pittsburgh. But you thought that put him in our environment, give him more of an opportunity to play a larger role, and then you were going to see the return on your investment. If they misidentified him or overvalued him coming out of Notre Dame based on your scouting report on him, yeah. that's more concerning. Again, yes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's where I think that... That the concern about their ability or their eye for offensive talent or their ability to scout and determine who can play and who can't play, that's gonna the, the, that skepticism is going to exist heading into this
0: year's draft. And no, I think rightfully absolutely. so. And now, so they're going to have to start doing some work and getting some hits in their in their draft picks, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Let's try Justin, who's been patient in Nebraska. Justin, you're on with Waddle and Miller in for Sylvie today. Hey
3: guys, how are you? Good. Good. man. I'm hoping that this uh, this
1: spot is not needed, and Justin Fields is our guy for the next uh, multiple years. But do you think this year in the draft, if we get that one or two, unless we mess that up and win, that they're thinking a little bit into the future in 24? Um, what I mean by that is, if assuming we get one or two, and you package that in a trade and don't take any talent uh, current talent off an NFL roster and just take future picks, say you get a 24 first rounder or a 25 first rounder, our own picks. Fields plays well enough this year to be a, a
0: top fifteen starting quarterback. But maybe not a top ten. Um, we package him and future first rounders to get into the USC quarterbacks
1: Excuse me, twenty four. You're getting, you're getting yeah, way ahead. Justin, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Kay, with Caleb for for waiting, Justin. But yeah, I'm. You lost me a little. My, I don't know. If my brain can can hang on that
0: long, but I, I, think, I don't I, I think I don't think you plan that far out. I was going to say I don't think any NFL general manager. And get ahead of themselves two years yeah. out looking at a quarterback who right now is you know he's projected to be the, probably the number one pick but it's so far away right I remember uh when Matt Barkley was getting set to decide whether or not he wanted to enter the NFL draft or go back to college he chose going back to college when he was likely going to be a top 10 pick and he ended up not getting drafted until I think the fourth round when he finally did come back the next year. Things can go sideways very easily on a prospect you think yeah. is going to be the number one pick if it's a year later. So I don't think you can build any future NFL roster around drafting a guy two years away. That that You know, and building it because you I have no, no idea where you're going to be picking yeah, at that and point. I'm anyway. no
1: college football expert. And I watched a a lot of USC and, and and Caleb Williams won the Heisman. He had a fantastic year. If you ask me if I could have Caleb Williams or Justin Fields right now, I'd take Justin Fields.
0: Yes. Just, I don't know if everybody feels that way, but that's how I would feel. About I've been really, I, I really think Caleb Williams is a dynamic player. And coincidentally enough, Sean Payton, I know has raved about Caleb Williams. Really? I think he's even said he could be the next Patrick Mahomes. He, high really? praise from Sean Payton. But, Yeah. Again, like things change dramatically and very quickly. And again, he hasn't even you know been on the NFL level. Whereas Justin Fields, you've seen play against NFL players, so stark difference. Yeah. And I don't think any GM though can start planning out for a draft two years removed. That and saying that's how I'm going to build my team because you know what? Before you know it, you'll be out of a job if you plan your team that way as a GM. Very likely. 312-332-3776 312 332 if you'd like to grade the Bears with us here on ESPN 1000. Also, Aaron Rodgers weighed in on Pat McAfee about the Packers turnaround. We'll share that with you and make Charlie defend his decision to put Aaron Rodgers in the hypothetical nursing home. We'll do that next here on ESPN 1000. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You called out a vacationing Mark Silverman. I did. Mellor-, Mellor in for Sylvie. Day and Waddle and Sylvie. Yes, yesterday. You just... Wondered if he was concerned about the comeback that the Packers have put together over the last four weeks after being four and eight yesterday. I don't know if he'll, he's he's concerned. Him on blast! I don't know what would you no, call. No, I would what you say did that I
1: think that
0: he is a reminder. He's on notice.
1: He's hoping that the Detroit Lions win this game so that he can continue to dance on the grave of the Green Bay Packers. Yes, because if in fact the Packers win, they're in the postseason. And I think that the dancing will be less exciting. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, like, I, as, as Big Cat has said, like, his true joy comes from watching the Packers lose in the postseason. Yes, that is his Super And I don't Bowl, believe I see, though, that the Green said. Bay Packers are getting to the NFC title game. But I just think, like, I was will, I was with Sylvie that the 2022 Packers were done.
0: Yes. Like, I, I'm we admittedly agree. at 4-8. Yeah, I yes. thought that, yeah, and the way they were playing well, and... And it wasn't just that they needed to win out. They needed to win out, and they needed a, a, a curious oh, set yeah. of circumstances yes. to go their way. Which they and have. they all did. Yes,
1: And so that was fortunate for I them. I was just adamant that I didn't think that the Packers in general were headed for the dumpster. Yes. Like, I think 2023, even weeks and weeks ago, I felt that, you know, that they could still
0: be a very good team. There was a. I do remember, probably at four and eight after week twelve, week thirteen, when we had the discussion. Who would you rather be, the Bears, the Packers? And I think we all felt pretty good about where the pa- the Bears were at at that current situation. I don't think I said Bears. I think I said at the time. Are I said you Packers. sure?
1: I feel I like believe. We were, I mean, you may want to check the tape. I'm not 100
0: percent sure. I think but, we were all. But I think it was a sweep. Yeah, but I think we felt pretty really? good. About, I think we and we remember they were four and eight, and it seemed like Aaron Rodgers. We knew we knew he was talking about a broken thumb. And was there? But I've never felt that Aaron Rodgers was done. No, but I think we thought the idea of him possibly being traded was was a much more a much more realistic possibility. I could be wrong, but I think it was. I think we all kind of okay. So
1: let's reassess now.
0: Yes, now. But the truth is, now at eight and eight, and again, the NFL really did the Packers a favor because. I don't know why they put the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans on, in the Saturday primetime slot, which no matter what happens, the winner of that game goes to the postseason. Now, instead, the Packers play the Lions on Sunday Night Football, and if the Seattle Seahawks end up winning their game at 325 against the Rams, then the Lions have, have no hope for making the playoffs. Now, certainly... Dan Campbell will still have his guys out there biting. and That's knickles. fine, but you have to admit... It would be much sweeter if that game had the possibility of the Lions still playing for no a playoff spot. Yes, I agree with your premise. So I don't know why the NFL decided to do it that way, but it's one of the few times I remember them kind of messing up the week, the final week schedule. But Aaron Rodgers did, uh, yesterday, actually, on Pat McAfee, shared his thoughts on the Packers'
3: turnaround this season. And not just 8-8, eight eight, but 8-8 eight and, eight and controlling our own destiny. Like Nobody would have thought that five weeks ago. There's this... You know, nobody would have thought that. Now, I had a glimmer of hope, and I've mentioned it, you know, thinking we could run the table and win the last five for sure. But there wasn't many people that gave us any shot. And and even still, you know, there was a lot of things that had to happen. Washington had to lose a bunch of games, and Seattle had to lose a couple, and Detroit had to lose another one, and everything just kind of fell into place. Now we're sitting here going, shoot, we're hosting a playoff game. Obviously, we're a big draw. You saw the numbers on Christmas. So they put us in the prime times slot. Uh, even though there's some other games out there that can be to both teams can can ha- maybe uh, have win in their end. Now, if Seattle ends up losing at the 325 slot, then obviously that game will be a playing game for both of us. Uh, if they don't, then they'll just try and play spoiler. But, uh, but yeah, we'll be ready to play. I, I love the character of our team. We really come together. Um, it's weird because there's been years where – by week one, we have this identity, and we just kind of ride it throughout the season. And there's ups and downs in adversity, but this year I just felt like we were we were really trying to figure out who we were for a long time. And part of that's we a young team. Part of that is just every season you got to learn how to win again. And we went through a really rough rough stretch after London. But I'm really proud of our guys. Uh, there's so many great personalities in the locker room. It's one of those teams where you just love everybody on the squad. There's not like some outsiders. Everybody's really, I think feels like they're a part of it. And I think that's due to the culture that we've created, the leadership, uh, the framework uh, that, uh, that Matt has, has kind of put on the squad. And then, uh, you know, the type of guys that we brought in, uh, not just players, but coaches like Rich Passaccia, you know, he's, he's helped change the culture and he obviously pushed for down Leavitt to come in and Keyshawn Nixon, who has been such a big part of our success. And then, you know, some of us old guys just, Really embracing our role, and and for a lot of us, it's been a bigger leadership role for Big Dog and myself and Randall Cobb. You know, statistically, hasn't been our our best seasons, but as far as the leadership standpoint goes, I think we've we've showed up in exactly the way that we've needed to uh, at, at the at the right time for our guys, and and we're happy to be sitting here with a lot to play for. Anyway,
1: I don't want to overreact, but he doesn't sound like a guy that's it's on the cusp of cutting and running from Green Bay. He no. just doesn't. Sounds like, you know, and again, that may all change. Time will, you know, maybe change the approach. Um, But I don't think it's a, I don't think he's a guy that... And the other thing he said is, listen, like, he is right about that. In terms of television ratings. Oh, yeah. Green Bay is going to be a bigger draw than Jacksonville and and the Titans.
0: No doubt about it, which is, I think, NBC probably pushed for... Yes. Now, ESPN, you know, they got second shrift here, right? They... They end up with Jacksonville and Tennessee, which Trevor Lawrence, maybe one day he will be the guy who gets, you know, top billing, but he they, may be the Aaron Rodgers. We're not right. We're not there just yet. No, we're so not. So you gotta live with it. But again, um, from a competitive standpoint, I just think it's kinda silly. No, I think I'm with you. I, I like I'm not worried
1: about ratings. I'm yeah. worried about the competitive yeah. aspect of all this. Now, I would suggest I would ask you, let's let's rewind the tape or let's fast forward be the better way to say it. You asked, who were you more optimistic about organizationally when they were four? What were they? Four, four and, eight? and eight. Them or the Bears? Now, fast forward to now and, and ask yourself the same question. Bears are three and 13. 13. They've got maybe the number one pick in the draft on the horizon. They've got a ton of cap space. Their quarterback has made everybody feel better about the situation. Who do you feel better about going forward? The Chicago Bears or this Green Bay Packers team? I
0: think it's the Packers right now. So you've, sh- you've shifted your in a answer. know, yeah, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm, I'm being honest here because... Well, because
1: Aaron Rodgers, there will be an expiration date on him in Green Bay, whether it's after next year or the following year. What's he got, two years after this?
0: Yeah. But the thing is, is...
1: You've seen a glimpse of Jordan Love. Jordan Love, though, nah, may I'm be not, asking it, for a trade. Nothing,
0: my, my answer has nothing to do with Jordan Love. But in a month... Things have shifted to the point where I was hoping, you know, when you go through an through a, through an NFL season, you hope some of those guys who maybe on the roster you're not sure of will kind of do something to make you say, you know what, this guy I didn't know he was a player, but he's a player. Now, after sixteen games, I'm looking at it and looking at the roster, and I already thought Jack Sanborn was I was encouraged by what I saw from him, but he's now been placed on injured reserve. And I don't know if there's anything else on the Bears roster that has come to the forefront to make me say, you know what? He's a player who I think will be on this team, you know, and be a part of the next winning, uh, you know, the team that next makes the playoffs next. I don't know if I've seen any player in about five games. For the Bears, that has come forward and shown me enough. Is there a guy for you? No, I mean you are
1: are betting on the continued development
0: and the rise
1: of Justin Fields, and the if come on, yes, the the Bears front office making good decisions in the draft with a ton of picks and in free agency. Like there, that well, I mean, listen, there are some guys in the secondary that I I like, and you know there are some pieces.
0: I at that point. I had already been encouraged by Brisker, Jalen Johnson. Um, I would, you know, hopeful already that Eddie Jackson come back's ne- will come I, I back next year. I think if you're year. talking
1: the next two to three years, yes. I, I think my
0: my answer would definitely the be problem the problem is, Waddle, it, can you really project anything more than a year? three years in the NFL? No. Once you get to with, that point. Especially with Rodgers at it, his age. Like,
1: yeah. I wouldn't even project after next year with confidence. Sure. But I look at the Packers, and it's the same rationale I've had about why I didn't think 2023 was just going to be a fall-off-the-cliff season. Aaron Jones this year is an 1,100 yard rusher. AJ Dillon is a 700 and something yard rusher. Like collectively, they've run as a group for over 2,000 yards at a 4.7 yard per clip average. You've got two running backs that aren't going anywhere that are solid players. Your receiving core, you've you've seen some development from Christian Watson, and you're encouraged by what you've seen. I've been encouraged by what I've seen from Romeo Dobbs. They still need a guy. Yes, they still need a. I don't know that you're going to find a Devontae Adams guy, but you still need you need a tight end that can threaten people. But defensively, you know, you, you, you've got Preston Smith, you've got Jair Alexander, you're going to get Rashawn Gary back next year. Quay Walker has been very good as a rookie this year. I mean, there is a lot still there in Green Bay that serves as a
0: roadblock for our Chicago Bears. Yeah, a lot of good players that I don't have... Similar counterparts on the Bears roster. You mentioned uh, not having Devonte Adams. Adam wants to bring up Devonte Adams. Adam, you're on ESPN One Thousand, and for Sylvia and Waddle and Sylvie today.
1: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was thinking with that, if the Bull, the Bears um, trade that number two first round or second round pick, um, or first pick or second pick to the Raiders, I would love to see them. If he does fall at eight to get that uh, that stud wide receiver from TCU. He seems like a proven
0: NFL commodity. And um, to have Devontae Adams, that guy, your number two, Darnell Mooney at a three, and then use the rest of the draft draft capital and uh, free
3: agency to work on your O-line and D-line. I just want to see what you guys thought sure. about that. Quentin
0: Johnston uh, of, Quentin yeah. Johnson of TCU is the wide receiver. Player. You yeah. saw him uh, break off that long touchdown against yeah. Michigan on Saturday. Listen,
1: uh, I, in previous years, I would have said, no chance you're getting Devontae Adams for a number of reasons, mm-hmm. but the landscape has changed recently. You saw, you know, um, yes, you the saw Tyree Kill Derek- move. Oh. You saw AJ Brown move. You you will you see guys being traded this in this day and age that I don't think it wasn't that common several years ago. So now you have cap space yep. and you have draft picks. Yep. So in years where I would have n- normally said no chance, Devontae, I. Listen, I, I I don't think it's likely, but I think that there is a chance. And you better you be c- making that phone call. Yeah, right? you could swoop in and make that deal because you have the resources for it.
0: Look at uh, this was Devontae Adams after the day after Derek Carr's benching.
3: Obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here. Um, you know, him being one of one of my really good friends, and you know the reason why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't uh, you know if he wasn't here.
0: Now, sure, Jared Stidham looked good against the 49ers, but that was a one game sample size. Not sure Devontae Adams is sold on him being the long term solution. Not just that, but they, I mean, like, look, they have, you're right. I I guess
1: that's with the assumption that that Derek Carr is going to move on. Like, they they owe
0: him, what, $40 million next year? Listen. They told him not to show up. You're not even going to be the backup quarterback. Right. They don't even want to risk the possibility of him being injured and having, and having to guarantee his contract for injury. So that's why there's no doubt in my mind they will either, they will be trying to trade him. You know, and whether or not they have to trade him or if they have to release him, that I think that's going to be the case. He will not be their quarterback next year. I'd be surprised yeah. if that were so. Do, does Devontae Adams still want to be with Vegas? I don't know if you've heard this yet, Waddle. Tony Dungy was on the station last week with uh, Sylvie and Carmen. They asked him specifically about the idea of what our last caller brought up, trading the, I think what they, they posed the number two overall pick for Devontae Adams and the Raiders pick. Would Tony Dungy do that?
3: Uh, yes, I would. Mm. Because I, I think um, unless you're, So committed, unless that number two player is just a a Lawrence Taylor or, you know, the once in a lifetime guy, then yes, give me a proven wide receiver who can beat one on one coverage, and I'm still going to get a great player with the ninth pick.
0: So that was Tony Dungy last week when they posed straight, you know, straight to him, hey, the number two pick for Devontae Adams and the number nine, would you do that? He is a head coach, and yes, I mean, will the Raiders have the appetite to trade Devontae Adams? One offseason after they did, they wow. just traded for him? I don't know, but will Devontae Adams make it too difficult a situation to continue forward, right? If he's unhappy, we've seen in this league, sometimes it's just better to part ways and get what you can. And at this point, I still think Devontae Adams will get you a good return. So that's why it might be in the Raiders' best interest just to move on from him. Devontae Adams this year. I mean, can you even guess what his stats are? you can't because you're a fantasy football and, guy. And th- 14 touchdowns? 14
1: touchdowns, 1,443 yards on 95 catches. That's a 15.2 yard per catch average, which just doesn't happen in today's game on volume. Yes.
0: I mean, it's a, uh, He's almost, an unbelievable 100 player. Catch, almost 100 catches and 15 yards per can you catch. you imagine if,
1: if in fact, Justin. he was still on uh, up north in Green Bay?
0: Forget that. How about him playing yeah, at, well, at yeah, Soldier sure. Field with Justin Fields? I can get behind that. Yeah. That would be fun. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number if you want to participate. Up next, we usually cross-talk with Black and Abdallah, but the guys were in, actually, Black and Tyler were in for Grainy today. But... Adam Adala made an appearance as he had a major announcement. We'll share that with you next on ESPN 1000. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T 87. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Taking things home on Wild on Sylvie. I'm Jeff Meller, in for Sylvie this week. As he... Boy, this has
1: been some solid football talk today. Oh yeah, pigskin baby. Didn't even get to the Bulls and the Nets tonight. Well, like uh, we'll probably talk about that. Charlie's a little bit. still in there working through the cap numbers of the Green Bay Packers, trying to He's find a way. Everybody. <laughs> trying to find a way to assure everyone. Yes. That their demise is
0: at hand. Yes, he's uh, working over the Did you cut? Did you cut right Preston now. Smith? Well, demise for the Packers is different than demise for most teams, right? Demise for the Packers with Aaron Rodgers is not a Super Bowl contender. And I'm saying that there's a good chance they won't be a Super Bowl contender next year. We've uh, come to the conclusion that Charlie Bevin's uh fine producer, but... Bad, mad, and, mad, and GM right now. As, I wouldn't uh, even say
1: that. Uh, I, I love his, his. I love his hatred for the Packers. His enthusiasm I think that's is solid.
0: commendable. Commendable, but his uh, his cap. Uh, I'm telling you, one or two of these like actual contributors are going to have to be cut this year.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: you should, we're going to get you on a scale uh, of
1: one to ten. How much do you hate the Packers?
0: Uh, what's the joke? Like the like, I hate the Packers more than I like the Bears. Like that can that comes into play when the okay. Bears are this bad? I
1: like it. See, I mm-hmm. like his enthusiasm for hating the
0: Packers. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I just don't want him to be let down if, in fact, they find a way to be a good team again yes, next yes. year. Yes. Uh, we usually cross talk with Black and Abdallah at this time, but Black and Abdallah, the Black and Abdallah Show, we're in for Greeny today with Tyler Aki filling in for Adam Abdallah because he was tending to more important matters, Yes, the birth of his first child. And he shared the news with Black and Tyler earlier this morning. Gentlemen, oh, how's yes. it going? Uh, Nick's here, by the way, uh, Abdallah.
1: I've heard Nick. Hi, Nick. Oh. Hi, buddy. 10.14 uh, a.m., Layla Abdallah was brought into this world. Uh, six pounds. I'm getting emotional. Uh, six pounds, no ounces, just six pounds even. Uh, mom and baby are doing fine. Everybody's healthy. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm a dad. Chris is an uncle. Hell Nick's yeah. An uncle, if he ever, if he ever
0: comes back into town, uh, <laughs> Tyler was with us because our, uh, our registered nurse was named Tyler. So she did a great job, oh. uh, in helping. So congrats, Tyler, as well. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, everybody's healthy. And,
1: uh, now we can start playing, the, little, the circle of life adam abdallah making the announcement congratulations to adam and his lovely wife
0: whitney and layla layla abdallah that's fabulous brand new baby girl six pounds pretty cool born on january 4th 2023 congrats to the abdallah family and of course uh our very own adam abdallah Father for the first time, very cool to hear him announce. Uncle that. Chris, I heard yeah. Uncle Chris Black, and I guess Tyler delivered the baby. Tyler, it sounded you like. involved? Did you know what that? did you do? He you were just was just pre- crunching Packers, packers.
2: cap
1: numbers.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I was perusing spreadsheets. He was the accountant. Yep. <laughs>
0: He's busy uh, while Adam Abdallah is uh, giving us a very emotional announcement. Charlie's busy cutting David Bakhtiari <laughs> from the Packers next season. How much does that Charlie save Charlie cut him? the cord. That's what Charlie did. How much he is did. cutting yes. David yes.
1: Bakhtiari uh, save the Packers next year, Charlie? $5 million?
0: $5.93 million. There Okay There you so go. It's almost $6 million. All right. There's your, uh, there's your solution to the Packers. Congratulations just, to the Abdallas, Yes, though. absolutely. Best Congrats news of the day right to there. Adam Abdallah and Whitney as well. Very well done. Layla Abdallah, welcome more to the show. More football world. conversation tomorrow? I would think so, and we'll probably uh, get on the Bulls-Nets convo as well. Yeah, are you expecting one. a Bulls victory no. tonight? No, I'm not. I'm not either. I know Wilpin said you never yeah, know, but know. I'm not expecting that. I'm not either. I'm All not. right. Well, we'll talk about that tomorrow and plenty more. We'll talk to Dan Durkin. He joins Waddle and Sylvie every Thursday at 4 o'clock, so make sure you're locked in for that. Yep. We'll ask him to grade the Bears season. Ooh, yes. Thanks for having me, Waddle. Of course. Thanks for coming in. I'm Jeff Miller, and for Sylvia this week, thanks for listening to Waddle and Sylvia on ESPN 1000.